the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's so quiet around the Faith Talk studios without Rick and Dan. Management decided to just let them stay at home. Here they are broadcasting live thanks to StreamYard on Faith Talk Atlanta. Hey there, it is Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Aubrey Sampson talking about her book. It's called Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. When you write a book, and maybe this one specifically, did you sit down and was it just an easy sitting writing? Was it piece by piece? And then when you were done, did you go back and change things or have somebody else read it and you go, yeah, you're, you're right. What was your process in writing? Oh, I love, I love this question so much. Well, so I, I work with a publisher, Nav Press and Tyndale. And so I have an editor and you know, the first version of the book is never the final version of the book. In (laughs) fact, this book in particular, I think because it was in the middle of a pandemic, as I was writing, I was really distant from my own emotions. And I was in grad school at the time, getting my master's in evangelism and leadership at Wheaton College out here. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote a really, really academic book. Like it had a lot of Latin phrases in it. It had a lot of theological quotes and understanding. It was very distant from the reader. Mm-hmm. And so really, I mean, my editor came back to me and she said, you've forgotten the audience. Like you have written a very like smart person's book, Mm -hmm. but there's no heart here. And so Mm -hmm. I am not kidding when I tell you I had to rewrite the whole thing. Now I would say the themes and the research that I did were good and they're still there, but like the entire book is different. And so that was kind of a, it was kind of a sanctifying process for me as I wrote, because I felt like God was sort of stripping away some of the um, defense mechanisms that I was holding on to just to like survive the past year and a half in order to remind me like, no, remember intimacy with me? That's what readers want. They want to know me and my heart. Uh, So I'm going to show you my heart. And that's what we're going to write about. And so I felt like God and I, I mean, that sounds a little arrogant, but we kind of wrote this thing together as he was shaping me and like making me more like him because the first version, I mean, you would be like, this is the most boring book I've ever read in my life. The first version. (laughs) Now I feel like, okay, this is a book I'm excited to tell people about. Now I want to ask you about your your last book uh, just before this one as well. The Louder Song, Listening for Hope uh, in the Midst of Lament. Boy, what a... What a perfect time right yeah. now, that book as well, because, uh, you know, you, you look around and we're still dealing with the effects of the pandemic. And, and like we talked about all the yuckiness in the world. Yes. What a, what a great book for it right now. Yeah. So that book, I, I do feel like there's some really divine timing in that, but it was born out of a terrible season in my life in 2015. My cousin Cameron, who I was really close with, he was like a brother to me. Um, we grew up together spending the summers in Texas together at our grandparents. Cameron was snowshoe hiking in Crater Lake National Park, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And um, he stepped out into a snow cornice took a picture. He sent it to me and a few other family members. And then Cameron plummeted to his death. And um, it's 2021 now. Park Rangers still haven't found his body. So he's somewhere in the waters of Crater Lake. So that happened. 
just after that, um, I began to get really sick um, with a disease that impacts my joints. And I spent months, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you my husband was carrying me around the house. I couldn't go up and down the stairs. I couldn't hold a coffee cup. Doing a lot better now by the grace of God and the help of a lot of awesome doctors. Um, And then our youngest son, who's now nine, but at the time he was really little, had to have spinal cord surgery and Hmm. months of ongoing care. All of this hit at once. Okay. 2015. So I, you know, I've been a Christian for 30 years and I remember just being like, oh, have I been praying to the ceiling fan my whole life? Like I, I don't (laughs) know how to make sense of this. And Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, suffering and pain are a part of life, but it was literally like all of it at once. And it was just more than I could handle. It was more than my faith could handle. And, you know, I know like we're supposed to rise above and we're more than conquerors and like all those Christian things we're supposed to. And I just, yes, yes. (laughs) But I just, I mean, honestly, I plummeted to the ground. Like I was like, I don't know. I don't know if God is real. And if he's real, I'm not sure if I care. I mean, that was the very lowest point of my walk. And that's real. I mean, I'll just be vulnerable with your, with your audience because they felt that way before. I'm not the only one who felt that way. Right. Um, but then, of course, God and his kindness, as I really just cried out to him in grief and pain and heartache, um, began to show me the spiritual language of lament that's all throughout scripture. We talked about that before we went on air, right? That God has given us throughout the entire scripture, books like Lamentations, Laments in the Psalms, language of ancient sufferers that show us that we can say some of the most ugly, horrific, awful things to God, and God's not going to be mad at us for it. In fact, God wants that because he wants our hearts. He wants our Mm. whole hearts, not just our fake hearts, but our vulnerable, real, raw selves. Mm. And that somehow the mystery of God's kindness is that in those really, really, really dark, difficult seasons, God shows up with his presence and sometimes it's inexplicable, but you can't deny it. Like God is there in the, in the heartache. So that's what that book is really about. What does it mean to, what does it mean to lament? Mm. And then how does God show up in those really hard seasons? And did you find yourself saying, my name is not Job, God, uh, (laughs) 2015 has been enough. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, I, I guess that would be the one graciousness of going into 2020. I was like, okay, I've been through stuff before. <laughs> Little did I know it would be a global thing we were all dealing with, but you know. Well, that leads me to this. Uh, you and your husband co-pastor a church or churches, I, I believe I believe you said. Yeah. How have you guys been able to to take the, the flock through this? I mean, again, not yeah. just pandemic. Uh, it's been everything else. Been and Chicago everything was the the hot spot. Yes. For, for how long? Maybe still. Yes. Of, of what's going on politically. Yes. Uh, racially. Yes. Uh, on every, you know, on every shore. So yeah. how did you guys yeah. take the flock through that? How are you doing now? Yeah. And, I, you know, to answer that question, I'm going to use some terms that some of your listeners may like or may not like, depending on where they stand. So just know this is from our context and from a heart of love. Mm -hmm. But we are a multi-ethnic church. And so our church was hit really, really hard emotionally by a Mm -hmm. lot of the racial unrest. Um, and there was so much division because of it. Like Mm -hmm. our, and we use this language at our church all all the time. Our black folks are mad that our white folks weren't saying enough. Mm -hmm. Our white folks felt like our black folks were being too political. And that, I mean, again, we use those terms a lot at our church because we're multi-ethnic church. So we can say things like black and white and Hispanic, et cetera. But, um, it was hard. And ultimately, um, 
we, I would say we lost some people at our church because Kevin and I really stand against racism very loudly. Um, but also our church grew tremendously and our church um, grew really united as who we are and who God has called us to be as a representative of his kingdom. Um, we, you know, other things beyond that, other things we had to do we're, because we're a church plant. We don't own our own building. We meet in a building that the city owns. And so we really had to uh, we really had no choice but to go with their guidelines. And so mm-hmm. what we were able to do, which I think was really awesome and shows you how amazing our church is, is we really kind of started to meet in small groups in homes all throughout 2020. And so we had these little beautiful like communities of Christians meeting and encouraging each other. And Mm -hmm. some were meeting online, some were actually in living rooms, some were in backyards, depending on the weather and depending on everyone's area of comfortability. But um, we saw kind of this, I mean, almost felt not to idealize it, but it did feel a little like acts too, like meeting in homes, breaking bread, studying the word together. It was kind of beautiful, to be honest. That's how the church started. Right. And so it was, there was something really special to see how God continued to build his church in the middle of what felt like a really difficult time for the church. And now we're, um, you know, we're still in Chicago, we're still in that building. And so we're back, but unfortunately we're back in masks. Although some people think that is fortunate. So depending on where you stay, (laughs) you know, so in one sense as church leaders, it, some of those things were easy because the decision was taken away from us, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't make it less emotional. Right. And I would also say, here we are leading a church and like every pastor in America, we've never led in a pandemic before. So I think we've made mistakes, but I think we try to learn from those mistakes. And I think we're just trying to go forward as faithfully as we possibly can. But I'm telling you, it is good to be back together worshiping. Yeah. Um, as a large group, even though these smaller groups were so beautiful, I just think we've needed that like energy of being together and reminding why we remind each other why we exist and worshiping together and, and those kinds of things. Definitely. Aubrey Sampson, uh, she is uh, an author. She is a talk show host. She's a pastor. She's a mom podcast. She does it all known as the latest book. Pick it up. How believing who God says you are changes everything. Listen to her podcast. Nothing is wasted. If you can catch your streamer show there uh, in Chicago, what time is it on in Chicago? 4 to 6 p.m. Central every day, Monday through Friday. Oh, awesome. you have a daily four to six. Yeah, it's the so fun. Time. The drive time. Gracious. Although I don't know who's driving these days, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's fun. It's a great, great show, 4 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Central right. time. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Aubrey, we'd love to get with you again. You've been an amazing guest. I thought we talked about some some great stuff. Aubrey Sampson, uh, check it out. And Dan's got the website there. Uh, if you could bring it up, uh, check it out, AubreySampson.com. we got to take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.